0: Welcome to our series, Discussing Construction Information with Mark and Mike, the show where we discuss topics surrounding the New Zealand construction sector with industry professionals. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to this MasterSpec uh, webinar. We're just going to have a discussion about specifications today, uh, and in particular, we're going to be talking to Mike, um, who's just started with MasterSpec. Welcome along, Mike.
1: Oh, we're in Mark.
0: Mike. Hey, um Mike, I just wanted to have a discussion with you about specifications as a as a generality and in in particular, um, what is it about specifications?
1: What is it they actually do for us well i'll um I'll add my um, my perspective on this um, coming pretty fresh from the industry. Um, basically uh, the Building act um, New Zealand Building Act requires um, detailed specifications to be included with um, documentation that gets put in for a building consent and for construction. Um, The the architectural documentation really shows more the intent, the drawn form, and hand in glove with that goes the specification which provides the detail, the reference documentation um and and any other product data that would be required for for a consent so so you, and, and the whole specs are better at some things than drawings absolutely i think it's it, it's a form of communication it's it's almost like game of two halves here you, you need one to fully support the other yep. um, Off often um the written form the specification um is fallen fallen back on by um by different parties when there's disputes, and yep. and often uh, legal teams will go for the specification document. They Lawyers understand words very well, yep. not so much their understanding of, uh, of details and drawings. That's um, something more unique to the construction yep. industry. So they, they often say specifications talk about
0: quality because it's really hard to, to draw quality. So what is it a specification does
1: about quality? Well the, the way I look at it the um the, the drawings really show um, the drawn um, communicating through the image and yep. they show set out that's very hard to show in a spec this specification really shows everything else um, you know all of the the reference to quality standards um, documentation that's put out by the industry codes of practice that sort of thing
0: yeah. And so specifications, hand and glove with drawings, so that
1: produces the documentation set. absolutely. and And look, the other key part of the communication process is the verbal communication. So you know you have the drawings, you have the specification, and then the administration of the project on site, and the communication yep. between the parties, to me those are the uh, the three key um, parts that you know the recipe for success with any project. Yeah. Yep.
0: So I think the Building Act states uh, that you need a documentation set, obviously, to to get something done, um, a consent done, and a building done uh, at a certain level. But it's it's drawing, specification, and schedule. So, what are those three elements? How do you how do you work those out? I mean, you've been a practicing architect for many years. Um, you know, drawing starts, specification starts, schedule starts. What's a What's a schedule in relation to those?
1: Well, well, the schedule is really the um, the detail. Where where there's complexity on a project, it's it's collating that in a in a table in a form. So, for instance, a door schedule um, pulls all of the different elements that that are project specific, not something that you would want to describe with words um, yep. in, in in the context of a specification, but more um, in a in a schedule form. It, yep. it just keeps it concise. So, you know, doors, of course, vary in width, height, thickness, their yep. hardware, all the different nuances. It's a lot easier to control that in a schedule form. Yeah, and then that, that, that gets... Yeah, absolutely. And that, that yep. gets appended to the back of this, either the document, um, you know, the architectural document set or in the specification, wherever is preferred. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kept up to date. Like all of the other documents and um, and yep. the package, yeah yep.
0: okay. <clears throat> and so specifications, drawings, and schedules are referring to each other as, as a package.
1: Absolutely. It, yeah, Every, everything needs to talk to each other, needs to be yep. um, without conflict, without ambiguity. yeah, and and that's the challenge um, for you know a competent professional. Yep. to put that time and that detail into all of the documents. They're they're yep. all equally important. Some yep. might argue that you know in certain contracts the spec actually takes yep. a higher level of precedence, yep. and and there's almost the fallback, the you know if everything else is failing, um, yep. if a contractor has a crack and says, "Hey, I, I haven't got the detail," or you know um, there's uh, confusion, then you go to the spec, and hopefully that's that is the backstop. Um, it's it's a very important document.
0: Okay, so <clears throat> we're we talking about being an important document. It's obviously got to be a good quality. What are what are you reckon are the, the the factors or what's what's important to producing a good specification? We talked um, uh, earlier this month at you and I, and we're talking about time being a really key factor and producing a good spec.
1: Do you want to expand on that? Absolutely. The um, as I said, the the spec is a really important document. Um, key key factors to allow enough time to actually budget enough time at the start of the project for yep. the specification it's in, in my experience working with um, number of different teams and people have a different approach the wrong way in my view to handle it is to allow yourself a day at the end of the project yeah, to you see the so <laughs> yeah. and and to say well we we use master spec and it's all there and you just need to push a button it's it's the same um, approach that you might have to drawings you know Revit is fantastic you just push a button and everything spits out of it well um, professionals know that's not the case it takes a lot of time and you need to start very basic and then work the documents up Um, the spec is no different Um, you know it's really important to to start um, with an outline specification Yep. and often a performance specification, and then as the detail is refined, the spec yep. gets developed, and it needs to be done by someone who's sufficiently competent um, to be able to do it. Yeah. Yep.
0: So <clears throat> when you're when you talk about um, putting the documentation set together, all those in dine, design intentions they should really be done at the same time. So you're drawing your specifica- you're drawing your, you're doing your drawings, but also your specifications should be developing along and informing the both and
1: schedules as well those sorts of things should be all be going in hand in hand absolutely and look i'm i'm a great supporter of having um tight control over a spec there's yep. so much and in, intricate detail in the specification you wouldn't let your entire team loose on the specification that's that's a real recipe for disaster so yep. um but it's important you know for a good collaboration with the team so you know right down to the the junior staff who might be doing a bit of research um you know on a briefing product whatever in my view that needs to be captured or the way that i've approached it needs to be captured um, in a folder electronic hard copy whatever with all the decisions that are made and then at the appropriate point the person writing the spec will go through with that decisions register and all the data etc and they don't have to re-research it the worst thing is for multiple uh, selections to be made and conflict. So, yeah, yeah, it's obviously what you're trying to avoid. But um, is, there
0: a, is there a magic formula for how long you should spend on a spec, depending on size of project or, I mean, it's, it's often a difficult thing to do. You say, obviously, projects are of different sizes. They'll require different amounts of time on. Is there any sort of thought about how you could do that?
1: I, th- I think really, um, you know, the little things that, that I just mentioned, just doing the spe- space writing really efficiently, um, not being afraid to talk to product partners, to outsource. You know, traditionally, the, um, yeah, the architects keep these projects very close to them. Um, yep. You know, and there's often confidentiality and um, probity issues around telling others um yep. you know commercial commercial sensitivity so um having trusted product partners that you can talk to getting yep. them to assist with the spec to write the spec um in, in the master spec system mm. um i i think uh, you know a great way to to save time yep. be, be really efficient around it yep. um but just being methodical um you know choosing Periods of time where you go into the spec and have have a burst put the information and do it as you go and then it's not a a huge effort right at the end when everyone's tight for time it's it can be chaotic you know with um, drawings being crunched out and people working around the clock and trying to get that info into the spec Um, you know you really want to avoid that but to answer your question you need different amounts of time depending on the scale and complexity of the project.
0: Yeah, so you are talking about good specifications time and time again. I can see uh, people have, um, you know, downloaded content, it's up to date, it's current. But what the the thing they haven't done is they haven't completed the spec or they've left they've left the the wording open as to what their intention is. you know in your opinion is it important to be succinct and actually outline what it is and not leave things open and what 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 are the problems if you do that because if you don't spend enough time on the specification and you you don't actually nail down those selections what's what's the outcome
1: well it's it's basically setting a project up for failure um yep. it's it's exactly the same you know architects um Understand drawings, details, um, you know, sections, plans, etc. Understand that very well. Well, it needs to be treated exactly the same. If you leave off half the details, all you're doing is opening yourself up to. Um, if it, if you're lucky enough to get it through the council, you know, mm-hmm. get a consent, c- goes yeah. on site. First thing the contracts contractor is uh, going to do is put an RFI together saying where's the detail for this detail for that yeah. we can't build it yeah. at that point you've then got your most expensive um, administration resource having to deal with those queries yeah. um, it can lead to cost overruns because um, yeah. basically the RFI is not generally you know they not being cynical about it but you know the contractor sees it as an opportunity often to, um, to disrupt a project.
0: Um, yeah, well that's that's and, that's and the
1: reality of it. Yep. Absolutely. That's the reality of it. Yep. And and the worst thing for a, an architect is you're under pressure. You've got no yep. more money to um to do the documentation. You've just lost all of Excellent, your team. They're now on the next Yep. They're now on the next project. Yep. And um You know, you're you're then being bombarded um and you've got a you know, it's very easy to drown on a big project. If you've yep. got a team on the other side who are not constructing, you know, the early phases. They're just looking for holes in the documentation. So you could have 10 people, QSs, site managers, and they're all having a crack. So yep. um the tighter the spec can be, yep. the better. Absolutely. So I know you've years of experience, and
0: we won't say how many years, Mike, but a lot. Um
1: don't mentioned the dinosaurs.
0: On, no. You you've worked on a lot of commercial projects. Um and a lot of residential specifications as well in your time uh, is there any difference between trying to attempt to do a residential spec versus a, a commercial spec is there is anything that's sort of key to that well
1: the commercial spec is um often a lot more complicated um on the on the biggest scale projects uh, you can end up with an early contractor involvement um yeah sort of You know, generally around the developed design stage where there's a collaborative um, approach and basically the contractor is attempting to firm up the price for the project um, to to be awarded and then at which point the consultants work for the contractor, they get innovated across. So in those early phases, um, the spec needs to be kept relatively open. you know with the selections the contractor will then go to various parties who who they work with who they favor um Mm -hmm. and and get competitive pricing and and that's the whole whole deal where they they try and get the price
0: down is it a different writing style or are you are you are you doing something different if you're writing commercially in those early stages
1: i think just um your your whole is slightly different because it's collaborative, and you're you're basically working alongside the contractor trying to yep. get the best price, but you've got that um, uh, dual role where yep. you still have to maintain quality standards. Yep. Um, you know, you've got a duty of care as an architect to yep. to meet codes and standards, yep. and um, it's it's often a delicate balance with the contractor. Um, who is really just largely driven by getting the best price? So often you have to make hard calls. You have to push back. Um, yeah. But at the other end of the scale is you know um, a small residential project. Project a lot less sections. You can make selections. Um, yeah. It's a lot easier. You know the information's known early on. You don't have that complexity of um, pricing as you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And so you're quite. I would say probably more definitive with a residential spec. You're basically trying to put in your design requirements or the client's requirements in with the product sets, and to make sure that you're getting quality and what what the requirements are or what the performance, I suppose, of the building.
1: Absolutely, you you have the ability to do that earlier on um, in the process with the resi spec. Um, yeah. In a large scale, the other end of the scale, on a commercial project, you know, a billion dollar project, um, that information will come, but it takes all of that uh, dialogue with the contractor, the client, etc., yep. to get to a point where it can be de- it, uh, can be defined and yep. product selected and whoever their preferred partners are, and and often the contractor won't have um, any preference and they yep. defer to the architect to run with whatever product. Um, mm. um, but yeah, it is largely around pricing. Um, mm. to, yeah, but but in essence, that that information does have to be project specific mm. before lodgement to the council. Um, yeah. We we are required to do that, um, and the council's pushback. If yeah. you leave anything open um, yeah. in the spec, or if you don't uh, uh, you don't run the Q and A and filter the spec appropriately, yeah. and leave for instance you've got a um, a lightweight facade and you've left a, a clause about bricks in there then the council goodness knows how they do it but they hone in on things that are not appropriate and you'll yep. get an RE5 from council so you know it has to be um, succinct it has to be clear a lot of clarity and the council will come back on you
0: yeah. yeah so I suppose you could say that with a commercial specification there's a lot more revisions and and as you get more and more revisions you're getting more and more
1: accurate I suppose yeah and I th- I think the thing with the commercial spec is remember you've got multiple consultants and they've all yep. got um their own little specialisms which get woven yep. through the specs as well you know yep. the uh the fire engineering and facade systems uh um, yep. the facade engineer that can be very detailed very bespoke yeah and and as you say there can be multiple revisions uh, yep. within the spec uh, before it go, goes out the door. Yep. The other end of the scale, a Resi spec, doesn't have that uh, number of consultants. Mm-hmm. You know, it's often one or two, the architect, structural engineer. Yep. Yep. So
0: I've always been, and I wonder whether I've had the same opinion, and I'd be interested to understand this, but we're talking about a residential specification and we're being quite specific about the product sets in there. I always see the document, the specification document, almost... As a protection measure for you as a designer and your client's wishes to make sure you get what you want, and that document is there to help you protect that. Do you do you see that, or do you think it's it's got other uses as well?
1: It's it certainly uh, is a protection measure. It's yep. uh, you know the backs of it. It's the technical document. Um, I've, I've maintained throughout my career that, um, you know, you, you shouldn't rely on a document um, to cover your butt for want of a better yeah. term when something yeah. goes wrong. Actually, it's important to to practise um, as a professional across everything and be aware of everything, keep it tight. You know, the this, this spec is just one thing and a whole Clutch of documents you know you've got contracts and all sorts of things to fall back on yeah um but the spec really is a very powerful document if um, if it's done correctly and it has yep. an appropriate amount of time put to it
0: okay Yep. Yeah, good so um when you're writing specifications master spec has um for example uh generic specification work sections you know so for any number of our work sections will have, a, 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 if you like, a general or generic work section where you can fill in the data um, that you want, but we also have branded work sections. Do you mm-hmm. see an advantage in using either, or even the timing of using either?
1: Right, yeah, I think there's um, a, a time for both. Um, yep. you, you know, in the bigger projects, you would tend to steer away from a branded work section in, in that early contractor involvement. Kept it very generic, but you want all the performance requirements in there. So, um, you know, what I've tended to do is to put a first cut of the spec together in those sorts of projects, which um, which doesn't have any of the selections or the Q and A run on a branded section, um, yep. and it needs to be kept more about the performance requirements. That's yep. you know, when you're dealing with the contractor, you say no, it needs to meet the following codes and standards, etc the selections come later um yeah. but the um you know the master spec system has grown over many years it started with um probably few product partners and it's built yeah. now where we're at a point where we do cover a lot more of the range of the um of, of the trades and and the products yeah. so there will be instances where uh, new products coming into the market. They may not necessarily be hit uh, in the master spec system, um, yep. but you need to be able to capture that somewhere. So to use a generic section and put the project specific information from the supplier into that, yep. and then you have a complete specification that covers um, all, all trades and systems. Yeah. Yep.
0: So I always uh, looked at the branded work sections as um, Helping you limit the risk because quite often the branded sections because they've they've, they've got a system approach, um, they've got uh, componentry and instructions that are specific to that particular item or, or system um, and often um, you'll find that the input that we've had from that um, supplier or partner um, is a help. Um, do you think that that's that's a true case? Uh, am I
1: stating something that's true there? Absolutely. I still, yeah. You know, often with with complicated um, systems, you yeah. know, um, where it may have multiple components, they they go through. You know, they have to comply with codes and standards, etc. But they go through testing regimes, whether it be, mm-hmm. you know, through a, a brand's appraisal or a code mark process or. Yeah. Tested in um, CSIRO laboratory in Australia, whatever it might be. Yeah. All of that information displays that that product or system will meet the building code. Yeah. Um. So, you know, to have that information and in support of a product is very powerful. When you go to the, the council, you know, for yep. instance, if it's like a code mark, it's yep. um it's deemed to meet the building, um, yep. building code. So, yeah. The more the more detail, the more testing provides proof so the council can be satisfied to yep. to assure building consent. And one of the things um, I've noticed, obviously,
0: master spec has changed continually over the years or uh, the system itself, and it keeps them trying to improve itself. But one of the one of the key factors I've seen is um, Q&As. Mm. So instead of it being a subtractive spec in the old days, you used to take the information out line by line. Um, being a Q and A can get you a long way up front. Um, is, is, do you see it like that and 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 is there do you do you often revisit the q and a does is there any advantage
1: in it? I, th- I think the Q and A should be revisited frequently before the end of the project, just to double check that um, yep. the assumptions that were made early on are yep. still correct. Um, but as i say, said before you know if you've got a a competent um professional who's in control of the spec they they will be aware of all sections where they're at what they've done yeah it, that's where it's really powerful not to have multiple people of various skill sets working in yeah. that document because you can lose control yeah um yeah. but yeah I, you know i think the um you know that uh, i look back to when i first started in my career Mm. And uh, the, the spec was typically um, carried out by the senior partner, a technical yep. partner in the bigger practices. And that was where it ended. There was no master spec in those days. You know, we had the um, standard specs that had been developed up by the company over time um, in, in the various companies. But it served as a really good checking process when the spec was written there was a set of documents in front of them that they would pour over and mark up with a, a red pen. And then that would go back to the staff, back to the, you know, the architect technicians to to check and to correct. So it was a really great way of coordinating things. With um, with the master spec system, you know, that, if you like the guru, the, uh, the people who would uh, administer the spec and keep it up to date within the practice, that's what we do, so yeah. we're hopefully making that a um, little bit easier. It's you know it's it's an overhead to a practice. It comes at a cost to to do that. Mm. Um, and often doesn't get done very well for, for mm. companies that don't use a product like ours. Yeah. Um, but you know when you're you're looking at the the architectural community, our uh, peers uh, using MasterSpec. If you dare to step outside of that, then you're kind of on your own. Um, yeah. So look, we, we put a, you know, as as a company, put a lot of time into keeping things current up to date for for the industry. So there's a level platform and, and it's, um, you know, technically uh, correct, which is really yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you
0: know, I'm often amazed that you think about, you know, there's uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 12 full-time staff maintaining that content,
1: 1,200 work sections. I, I can't see how you'd... You'd try and do it yourself well i've, I've seen firsthand where practices um, i won't mention names but going back um, many decades with a spec that has grown and not really been challenged in that time everyone's yeah. had a had a go to added something until you get this unwieldy spec uh, mm. with dates for yeah. new zealand standards etc that are totally out of whack it yeah. takes a almost a full-time resource in a large practice to keep that up to date yep. and and that's why there's been such a great uptake of the master spec system you know because um it's recognized that 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 info is kept current
0: yeah it just makes things efficient and speaking of efficient oh you know uh, often people say oh master spec a standardized format etc cetera, etc cetera. there's good reason for it to be a standardized format uh to make it more efficient and everybody knows where everything is so um you know over the years it hasn't really changed a lot but do you see that as an
1: advantage absolutely um, yeah you know i, I probably um, speak for many architects you know we like things to be ordered in systems You, you don't change your filing structure for your correspondence every new project you take on yeah <laughs> you know the larger practices it's important to have that continuity you you don't necessarily have a continuity of staff you know people do move around so to be able to jump into a spec at any point and yeah. you know god forbid that there's a claim against the business for whatever reason to be able to go back to those old documents and easily find them again your your most expensive resource your your senior part whatever doing that um, research work you want to make it really efficient for them to go through. So having having a logical set out system that there's continuity through the years, I think is is great strength.
0: Yeah, I, I know for, from out from my point of view anyway, the standardization of the system certainly allows us to keep developing the specification technologically um, or at a technical level we can get better and better at it because we've got some consistency about where that information sits and um, obviously things like you know, work section support and, and other things that we've put into the system recently are, are direct results of having some consistency in it so i know that's fantastic exactly. yeah so uh, i just wanted to give the opportunity to ask you what do you really want us to look at you know from a practical level what do you want us to look at developing over time or what you know you've just sort of come into this role what are you thinking about
1: look i've um i've had a career um for some really amazing uh practices and incredible projects i started out my career as a technician um i'm not afraid to get on the tools i've got years of experience working on saws and hammers and you know knocking things together um so if you like um as an architect, I'd, I'd consider myself with a, a technical bias, yep. and and uh, you know people have turned to me and in, in for many years uh, in respect of technical detail and information. So, you know, I've worked a lot with uh, uh, specifications, and and in recent times, more recent times, master spec, and I, I just see a great opportunity to see how um, I could perhaps contribute and influence um, the master spec product to better serve um, architects um, yep. and 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 other um, design professionals uh, to make it better to make it more intuitive to to enhance it and um, you know hopefully just make it easier and and uh, you know justify the the reason for for using the master spec system it's uh, you know the ownership of of our businesses you know by professional institutions and we we really want to give them the best uh, that we can yeah.
0: yeah okay so one last thing to sort of finish off today would be you know from you uh, as a professional who's worked in this space for years and years any pieces of advice you could give to anybody who's about to undertake a specification today what, what would be key
1: i think probably probably the most important thing is to um don't Don't assume that Master Speak is some automated system that you go through, do a couple of q and A's, hit a button, print, it's out the door. it's It shouldn't be seen as um, the thing you do at the end and a bit of an inconvenience. we We yeah. do it because we have to do it. Um, if you can have the mindset that it is almost the written form of the documentation set, you know you've got the drawings on one part and you've got the descriptions which are in master spec and the detail the links to um, all sorts of other data i think to allow enough time give give the time to the spec start early um, make sure that um, it develops as you go through the uh, phases of the drawings do the same with the spec and then it doesn't become a great chore at the end Mm -hmm. by all means look at um, master sections within within a practice if, if there's something that you use often um, develop that as a sort of a master section but keep it current you know don't don't just leave it um parked there and let it get out of date um, yeah so really it you know it needs to be treated as a, a living document um, the the specification from from its um inception all the way to the end of the project and beyond um, you know just give it the time that it, it really needs and and um, get people who are suitably experienced to do it, not the junior because it's seen as that inconvenience and the cheapest resource in the office can can do it because that you know would 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 you be happy to um, uh, you know to have that go out in that form and then be scrutinized later on? I, I think you know it really needs to be given a bit more importance.
0: Mm. Well, that's uh, sound advice, Mike. Thanks very much for that, and I'd like to thank you for your time. and And we're really looking forward to you uh, getting your feet under the desk and maybe getting beyond uh, uh, this sort of screenshot, being uh, talking to each other via uh, screens instead of being back in the office. And can't wait to do that. And uh, and we're looking forward to uh, developing the specification, uh, not only content-wise but technology-wise, in the in the next coming years. Great, thanks, talks, Mike. Mike.
1: Cheers. Thank you. It's great to be aboard and uh, looking forward to working with the MasterSpec team and, and driving forward. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next time to gain more valuable insight, learnings and strategies for designing and constructing buildings in New Zealand. Stay up to date with industry news by following MasterSpec on social media or visit www.masterspec. Dot coda NZ